Chapter 47 Shri Sai Sacharita This entire chapter is about the repercussions of greed, jealousy and animosity and it is titled The Tale of Veera Badrappa and Chen Basappa. It also narrates the fruit of doing charity or offering your contribution to the construction or renovation of a temple. and about the rinanabandhik ties between human beings and your sadguru rinanabandh literally means karmic debt it is the physical memory which the atma carries we built the rinanabandh with our guru when we are committed or do total samarpan to the guru or the almighty and get into the physical memory of the divine atma as the story of the two goats in the shri sai satcharita here baba remembers the two brothers from their last birth baba often told many of his devotees that they were with him for many many births in shri pad shivalab charitra shri pada does not want to have rinanabandh with his family since he was going to leave his home at the tender age of 16 that is why he did not have mother's milk but drank cow's milk and he did not even cure his brothers and left it to their karma here rinanabandh is the bondage which will remain in the memory and may be difficult to come out of this bondage when we do samarpan to our guru a bondage or a bond between the guru and the disciple which then turns into rinanabandh and gets registered in the physical memory hence the guru knows the atma in many many births in this leela there are the three subsequent rebirths of the people that is described in the first birth the priest of the temple is there and in the second birth he continues to be a priest the rich miser becomes veera badrappa while in the third birth he becomes a snake the rich miser's wife becomes gauri the priest's daughter who is married to veera badrappa in the first birth dubaki who owns the barren land becomes a male in her second birth and is named chensabasapam however in the third birth he becomes a frog however they carry their ill will and animosity to their grave hence become a snake and a frog renana bandhan or one's former relationship is one of the main teachings of baba baba clearly stated that no one would come to us unless there is a connection from one's past birth so we must treat everyone that comes to us with kindness and courtesy be it a human an ant fly or any sentient being 
This important teaching of Baba has been yet again illustrated in the story of Veerabhadrapa and Chenbasapa. And with that, there are many other aspects of Baba's teachings for the devotee to assimilate and learn from this very, very important Leela. On carefully reflecting on the story, one will find some of these pearls. The importance of human birth throughout the Sri Sai Sacharita, the author Hemad Pant has repeatedly made mention about the significance of the human birth and how one must utilize that time in the quest of self-realization. This Leela of Baba clearly demonstrates that one may have their next birth in the form of another species. Here, in this case, it is the frog and the snake. Therefore, one must not take the sacred opportunity for granted and make the most of the precious gift of time that we have. In addition to this Leela, there are several other Leelas where Baba gave references to the devotees' past and future births. For example, Baba buying the goats and Shama and Tatya are appalled, asking him not to overpay. 2. Lakshmi by Kaparde When she was given Mantrupdesh, Baba recounts her numerous past births and Baba says that she was a cow in one of her previous births and yielded a lot of milk. Having complete trust in one's Guru's words, this Leela also demonstrates the value of obedience and honesty. The lady was given a command by Lord Shiva in her dream. The Lord's word had to come true, but due to her not being completely obedient, the vow had to be fulfilled in another lifetime. So, the devotee's best is truly only what the Guru wishes and commands them. It is then that the truly blessed ones would have unconditional faith. Do not hold a grudge or resentment. Another important lesson to be learned from the Leela of Veerabhadrapa and Chenbasapa is that one should never hold any resentment, jealousy or anger towards another being. In this incident, it is clear that how the two had got entangled in this conflict. Karmically, playing the role of both victim and perpetrator, that this episode and karmic cycle continued to unfold and they were both reborn as a frog and a snake. It is for this reason Baba would say that one must be free of the three debts, the debt of money, murder and enmity or animosity and these devotees are most dear to him. It is important for us to reflect on this and implement this teaching of Baba's in our daily living. Our daily affairs and interactions 
in the minutest of detail. Baba's promise spans across all devotees' lifetimes. There are numerous leelas of Baba that demonstrate this. The leela of the goats in the earlier chapter and Shama asking Baba why he is doing so also indicates that Baba's promise being fulfilled. In most cases, a devotee's spiritual upliftment depends over many lifetimes, but a sincere yearning and longing is what is required from the devotee. In many instances, Baba himself talks about his account and Rinanabandh with some of his close devotees, like Shama, which went back to 72 generations. There is a further reference in Sripad Shivalab of Baba's reincarnation and the vow given to two Muslims that because they had the good fortune to have his darshan, even though they ate beef, they will become famous as Abdul Baba and Bade Baba when he manifested as Samartha Sadguru Sai Baba in Shiladi. These incidents indicate that the Sadguru takes the responsibility of the devotees and this promise of one's ultimate deliverance spans across all the devotees' lifetimes that are required till the devotee reaches their end or goal of Self-Realization. Now I shall narrate two interesting Leelas here. Leela number one. Let the boy depart. Do not stand in his way. This Leela is about a boy who dies and Baba is unwilling to resurrect him. In Shirdi, a widow was devastated as her only son was bitten by a cobra. This happened at about 2 a.m. She ran to the Dwarkamai and asked Baba for some Udi Tirth to revive her son. Baba did not give her the Tirth, nor did he give her Udi. She pleaded with him to save her son. Finally, Baba said, Don't stand in his path. Let the boy depart. The mother was disappointed. She left after some time. The next morning, the boy died. Kaka Dikshit came to know about this and he felt very sad. So he ran to Baba and fell at Baba's feet, begging him to resurrect the child. Baba finally said, Bhau, do not get involved in this turmoil. This child's life span is over for this body. He will take up a new body. In that new body, he will perform many good deeds. If I resurrect him because of your request, he will come back to this very same body, but will lead a mundane life. If he is given his life back, the good deeds that he was to perform in his resurrection will come to naught. The third incarnation will be that of a goat, so it is not as simple as it looks on the surface. 
Of course, as a goat, he will not be able to perform any good deeds. Are you willing to take up the responsibility of this? Subhav, do not plead for the resurrection of this boy. With this explanation, Dikshit was satisfied and pleaded no further. He also got a good lesson on rebirth. In this Leela, the Sadguru takes the form of Rudra, the destroyer, and does not give Uditir to the mother, thus does not revive her only son. This Leela was taken from Sri Sai Leela magazine, Ankh 567, Year 7. Leela number 2 Kaumudi's grandfather and the concept of Rinanaban. Often we think, I have done so much for my kith and kin, and today, when I need them the most, they give flimsy excuses, and they are not there for me. This is a wonderful Leela about karmic cycles and Rinanaband in the present life. For 15 days, Kaumudi had been running a high temperature and the fever had taken its toll on her. She felt extremely weak and was unable to get out of bed. It was around 10 a.m. in the morning and Kaumudi was waiting for her younger brother Chandu, who was a doctor, to arrive. She was the eldest amongst her siblings and had two younger brothers and two younger sisters. Kaumudi lay curled up on the bed and her entire life of self-sacrifices unfolded like a movie in front of her eyes. She was only 15 years old when her mother passed away and just two months later her father also died. The responsibility of taking care of her siblings fell on her young shoulders. For the next 20 years of her life became a drudgery, but Kaumudi faced the tribulations with a smile on her face. When she was 19 years old, she took up a job as a teacher in a high school. Every morning, Kaumudi got up at 5 a.m., cooked lunch for all her siblings and also went to college so that she could get her master's degree. She then returned home and served lunch to her siblings and had a bite herself, then attended her job as a teacher. Kaumadi taught in a school and returned home around 6 p.m. Then she cooked dinner for her siblings. She supervised their studies and homework and finally corrected her classwork. After all the chores were done, she finally crept into bed around 11 p.m. Thus, with her meager pay as a teacher, Kaumadi managed to put food on the table and educate her siblings, though this was not an easy task. Both her sisters Shushma and Pratima were well educated and had graduated from college. 
Kaumade had found suitable spouses for them, and now they were married and well settled. Both Shushma and Pratima had two children each. Kaumade had looked after them during their pregnancies and had paid all the hospital bills for their deliveries. Kaumade realized that her brothers Chandu and Nandu were bright and intelligent kids and she encouraged them to study hard. Hence Chandu, her brother, had graduated from medical college and was now working in a famous hospital in Mumbai. Nandu had become an engineer and was also working in a multinational company in Mumbai. However, all of them were too busy to come. Nandu said he had to attend his brother-in-law's housewarming function in Aurangabad and was unable to come. Shushma informed Kaumudi that she was unable to come as her sister-in-law had morning sickness and she had to look after her. Pratima was also going on a trip to Delhi with her family and was thus unable to come. Each of them wrote to Kaumudi how much they regretted their inability to be with her at this time. Now only Chandu was left. He is a doctor who cares for people. Surely he will come to take care of his sister, thought Kaumudi. Finally, she received a letter from Chandu. Even before opening it, she instinctively knew that he wouldn't come. Nonetheless, she opened the letter and read it. He had written that a friend of his was to have a major operation, hence it was not possible for him to come. He asked Kaumudi to forgive him. However, he suggested that she should hire a maid who would look after her and he would send Kaumudi the money so that she could pay the maid her wages. Chandu's letter was the last straw. The floodgates of tears opened and she sobbed inconsolably. She thought, Will a hired maid tend to my needs like my own brother and sister? If I had to get a maid, would I have written to all of them about my illness? Today I have learnt that you have to stand all by yourself and no one will stand beside you in time of need. Like a mother, I looked after all of you, fulfilled all your desires and never allowed you to do any chores. Although I had the intelligence and good qualities, I did not get married for your sake. And this is what I get in return. Today I have learnt that kith and kin are mere names and no one really cares. Kaumadi then sobbed her heart out and threw herself on the bed. At that very moment there was a knock on the door. Kaumadi dejectedly thought, Now who has come to trouble me? Somehow she managed to open the door and an old gentleman in a torn white kafni, but with a blissful expression on his face, stood in front of her. Unwittingly, she said, 
Please come. And she moved aside to let him inside her home. The old man entered and closed the door behind him. Gently holding Kaumudi's hand, he led her to her bed. His soft touch had a life-changing effect on her. She didn't feel like taking her hand away from his. With utmost compassion and love, he patted her hand and spoke to her softly. Child, I am very hungry. Your Shantabai has prepared soft, fluffy rice. Bring me a plate of rice along with some lemon pickle. Kaumade wondered how he knew that the rice was cooked and that my maid's name was Shantabai and she had cooked it. Nevertheless, she brought a plate full of rice and served it to him. Grandpa, you must be very hungry, but today I have nothing else to serve you. Neither do I have the strength to prepare anything for you. This fever is just not leaving me. He replied, Kaumudi, don't be upset about it. Today I have a desire to eat rice and I will happily eat it. Then he sat down and contentedly ate it. Child, there is still some more rice left. Serve it to me and bring some water to drink along with it. In a daze, Kaumudi quietly went to the kitchen and brought the remaining rice and a lota full of water for him to drink. He kept aside some water in a cup then quietly ate the entire rice and drank the water. Then he sat beside Kaumudi and gently passed his hand over her back. Then he took out a packet of udi from his pocket off his kafni and emptied the udi into the cup filled with water and handed it to Kaumudi, saying, Child, drink this and your fever will flee from your body. And don't worry. Kaumadi drank it without giving it a second thought. Grandpa laughed heartily as he watched her drink the water. Then he caressed her cheek and said, Child, this is not my first meeting. I have known you since you were very little. Years ago, your parents, along with you and your siblings, came to meet me. At that time, your mother entrusted all the children to my care. Subsequently, your parents passed away. Then you grew up into a responsible and capable young lady. You got educated and started working. And simultaneously, you dutifully took care of your siblings. You gave all of them a good education and got both your sisters married. And just like your name, Kaumudi or Moonlight, you spread cool, gentle, caring moonlight among your siblings and everyone around you. I have been watching all this from a distance and as I promised your mother, I have been taking care of you. Finally, all your siblings attained success and moved away from you and today you are alone. Then how is it possible for me to be away from you? 
If you feel deserted and alone, then what use am I? So I came to meet you on my own accord. Now you don't have to worry anymore. In your previous lives, your siblings took good care of you. And in this life, you have repaid that debt and become free. So do not think I have done so much for them and all of them have forgotten me and be hurt. Don't say I did this and that and be filled with conceit. Just as you did kind, caring acts for your sibling. In one of your previous lives, you did the same for a very special person. That person is Sadanand Ranade and he will come looking for you on his own accord. He, like his name, is full of happiness and bliss. He is perfect for you and he will make you very happy and you shall not want for anything but do not turn him away. I assure you, you will not regret accepting his hand in marriage. My words are never untrue. Have complete faith in what I say. You served me rice today, but do not eat rice for the next five days. Only drink fluids like hot tea, hot water and buttermilk. Here is a packet of my udi. Apply some to your forehead and also have some mixed in water. Grandpa then placed his five fingers in a packet of udi and applied it to Komudi's forehead with a little pressure. Again, he gently patted her back and got up to leave. Prior to leaving, he said, I have to leave now, Komudi. You will become alright in a few days and you will be well contented and happy in life. If at all you feel the need to talk to me, call me by my name and I will be there right beside you. Grandpa had reached the door and was about to exit when Komadi said, By what name shall I call you, Grandpa? He laughed and put his hand in his pocket of his kafni and took out a fistful of buckle flowers and threw them in Kaumadi's direction and vanished. Kaumadi eagerly looked at the floor and saw that the flowers had taken the shape of the name Sai Baba. Simultaneously, Kaumadi's room was filled up with a brilliant light and a sweet aroma filled her room. With tears in her eyes, she looked at the name of her grandpa and said, How lucky I am, even though I never prayed to you, nor was I devoted to you. Yet you came running to my aid. Now I know that I am not alone, nor will I ever be alone. I don't have to worry about anything, as I am sure you are right there behind me. Henceforth, I will adhere to all that you have said to me and try not to let pride creep into my life. I will wait for my life partner that you have chosen for me and welcome him to my life. From this very moment, Baba, I will seat you on the throne of my heart and remember you always. 
I will start chanting your name from today as I now am completely healed mentally and physically. This Leela was narrated by Usha P. Adhikari written in Sri Sai Leela magazine volume 59 number 2 May 1980 and this concludes the commentary on the chapter Om Sai Ram